it's not enough to just say we are lifelong learners. I believe that it is life-changing, life-giving to then take that belief and put it into action. So for me, I, I didn't just stop with holding that belief in my head, but when I started to put it into action, I found that life got easier and was way more interesting. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Chris here, and today I am so excited to share with you a really special guest episode. Today's topic is something that I think as moms, we are often taught that once we become a mom, then our hobbies or the things that we might have loved to learn about in the past are just that. They're a thing of the past. And now that we're moms, that is our focus. We need to focus on everything motherhood, on learning how to be a better mom, learning how to take care of our kids better, learning how to feed our kids better, learning about everything from taking care of newborns to maybe even homeschooling as our kids get older. And all of those things are so important as moms. It's so important to learn all of the things that we need to, to feel confident as moms. And I also believe it's totally okay to not do any research and to just fly by the seat of our pants because uh, we are mothers by nature, you know, no matter what way our babies come into the world and into our families, it is our instinct to to be moms and we're going to figure it out either way, right? But curiosity beyond motherhood is something that I think is lost in a lot of the societal messages about motherhood. And this is something that we talk about in this episode, how so much of what is put out for moms is really disempowering. And we are oftentimes not encouraged to explore our own interests, to cultivate curiosity about the world around us to develop hobbies and interests beyond motherhood. But it's so important. As our guest today, Lori Beth, talks about we are whole humans and we are setting up the next generation and we can be such an incredible example for our kids when we have our own interests and things that we love and things that we're learning to pass on to our kids so our kids know that it's okay to be lifelong learners it's okay to be always learning everything in life is a season of sorts and in different seasons we are going to want to learn different things and 
It's okay to have hobbies as a mom, and it can be really healthy and life-giving to have things that bring us joy and bring us excitement, things that we're excited about waking up to do or things that we're excited to do when the kids go to bed or books we're excited to read or to listen to, activities, new things that we want to learn. We talked about watercolor and sourdough bread and plants and gardening and even pigs in this episode today. And I am just so, so thrilled to have my friend Lori Beth Aldridge on today sharing with us, encouraging us, and guiding us to cultivating a life of more curiosity as a mom. It was a fabulous, fabulous conversation. I always love talking to Lori Beth, and we have proven that we can talk on Zoom for hours. <laughs> and um, today, I just feel like I was just bringing you guys all along on one of our incredible conversations, and I'm just so excited that I get to share it with all of you. For those of you who don't yet know Lori Beth, she is actually a repeat guest on the podcast, and we talked about this topic a little bit in her first episode, but we really talked a ton about growth mindset as a mom and homeschool, so I will link that episode down below. But Lori Beth Aldridge is the creator and host of the Elevating Motherhood podcast. She's also an author, speaker, blogger, farmer, and homeschooling mom of three who manages multiple businesses, including a renovation business with her husband, Chris, an online boutique, beautifulandsimple.com, and online course, homeschoolexplained.com, all on their small farm on the island of Maui. She holds a bachelor's degree in communication for the child and master's degree in both children's literature and creative writing for children. She's a regular contributor for the international homeschool community, Wild and Free. Lori Beth is passionate about helping moms find their confidence by encouraging lifelong learning, self-awareness, and connection while supporting them with resources and soft perspective. Friends, she brings all of that in today's interview and more. I can't wait for you to listen in. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lori Beth. Welcome, Lori Beth. I am so excited to have you back on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be back. And I was explaining to my seven-year-old daughter this morning that I was, you know, a repeat guest. And she said, wait, what? Does that mean you've already been on the show before? <laughs> and I said, yes. And she goes, oh, why would people do that? <laughs> And I said, oh because gosh, we weren't done talking, we weren't done. And so we had to come back and revisit it. And she's like, oh, well, that makes sense. And basically gave me permission to go to work. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> so you have been on before and we had a fantastic conversation and we definitely could have talked for hours more and we have talked for hours since then, but I really wanted to have you come on and share in more detail about this idea of being curious as a mom. So I am so excited to dig into that. But because it has been a little while since we chatted, at least on the air, I want to start with a little icebreaker. And this one's different than the last one I asked you. So I want to know, Lori Beth, what are you reading these days? Okay, I am reading um, The Miracle Moment. It's it's mm -hmm. not out yet. Um, but I was asked to read that book and it's quite good. And I'll do an episode on that later. So I'm reading the hardback, like paper version of that, or the paperback version of that. I was listening to an audiobook called Outliers. 
mm-hmm. um, that was recommended to me. Um, but I, because of my opt out lifestyle, they're like, oh yeah, you know, you're kind of like an outlier. And then I listened to this book and I do not, I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very interesting because it, it, I'm going to follow it through to the end, you know, sometimes not all the time, but with this particular book, I'm like, I'm really not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I could stop. And I'm like, no, I'm going to see if there's any redeeming qualities at the end. The stories are interesting. It's basically about how it is like star athletes and things come to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a whole section on Canadian hockey players and their birthdays. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, but they talk about, you know, big tech and things like that. And just, it doesn't interest me, but then also the ideas are a little bit, Hmm, Hmm, but I am going to finish it. So outliers. And then I also have an audio book going called the way of the rose. And it is a book about praying the rosary written Mm -hmm. by two Buddhists, um, talking about the divine feminine who have like a heart for climate change. And they're, they're very different than me. And yet because of my Catholic upbringing ties, I'm really interested in what it is they have to say, and they make some really powerful points, some really cool mm-hmm. history stuff. Um, and there's like this presence of miracles, you know, and the possibility of miracles and hope and, and the divine feminine and how we're all supported and how some of that is like connection to nature and mother earth and whatnot. So that is thrilling. Um, so yeah, those are the books that I'm reading right now. Oh my gosh. I knew you would have a great answer. I have another question later about books again, because I know that you love to read and I know that (laughs) you're always going to have some good books to, to share. And it's so interesting because I have heard of the book outliers and I've looked at it, but I haven't picked it up. So it's very interesting to hear, to hear your opinion. I love that. You're still going to see it through. You're still going to read it, even though you're like, I'm not really driving with this, but then you have these other two books that you're reading too, that are, are more your speed. So I, I think that's very, very cool. I'm always looking for new books to read. Mm -hmm. I'm always reading. I'm always reading more than one book as well. So I love this question. (laughs) Tribe is my book recommendation for you. I'm just going to put it out there while I'm thinking about it. It's by Sebastian um, Younger, I believe, or Junger, Younger, J-U-N-G-E-R. It's called Tribe on Homecoming and Belonging. He is a Mm. wartime journalist, but I actually would be interested in having him on my podcast, Elevating Motherhood. Because he mentions like um, anthropology sort of ideas about motherhood and how motherhood culture is in different places and and in relation to war and things like that. And it is fascinating. Mm. I did not stop with that book. There was no hesitation. Wow. Tribe. Sebastian Younger, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna look into that. I've got a couple audible credits, so maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll grab the audiobook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, what a perfect way to start off the topic of really cultivating curiosity as a mom. We dove into this a little bit in our first interview, um, and I'm really excited to dig deeper, but I want to hear a little bit of your story, okay? Because I think as moms, Oftentimes, I hear there's such a narrative of, you know, being lost in motherhood and it almost being an expectation that when you become a mom, you kind of lose a part of yourself and you either don't have time for those things that you were interested in before or that you somehow have to find new interest. And you might find new interests, but you have to find new interests and be interested in new things or you have to be interested in just quote unquote mom things because now you're a mom. Mm -hmm. So I am curious about what inspired you 
as a mom and just as a woman to start exploring your interests and being curious. Have you always been a curious person? Was it something about motherhood that made you want to explore more? Did it made, make it feel extra important? I'd love to just dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, this is so good. And we're going to tie right into the book thing that I was not expecting. Uh, the other book we're reading right now out loud as a family, because I'm a homeschool mom, we're reading A Little Princess. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Crew is the main character. I'm sure that most people are familiar with the story. And she's so interesting. And she uses her imagination all the time. And she makes things up and plays pretend and, and believes in possibility and shares this sort of hope and escapism and everything with the girls around her and the people around her. And, and I feel like sometimes my, my girls identify with Sarah crew. Um, I identify with her too. And I think that most people do. And that's why it's just such a, it's a wonderfully written book. It's a fantastic leader read aloud for families, but I, she has like a writer personality in some ways. And I do have um, two master's degrees in creative writing. And one of which I, or creative writing and children's literature, one of which I finished while I was pregnant with my second child, while I still already had uh, um, our first toddler. And I can't recall why I did that. (laughs) I think that time was running out. Um, So I was a mom and it was like, Hey, if you want to finish this degree, you have to finish it this year. Otherwise you lose all your credits. And I was like, Oh shoot, I can't let that happen. So I made the effort to do it. So I felt like I was put under pressure when I was a mom who was pregnant and also had a toddler and was breastfeeding and working still and, and working with my husband in our home business too. And so I was very busy. I don't like that word, but but that's what it was. And since it involved creative writing, I had no choice but to binge listen to books and to work on my thesis. And it was a creative outlet. And I found that I was very even um, while I was doing that, that I was very interested, that I had to, you know, quote unquote, escape, get away, whatever it is, leave my motherhood role and sit down and, and be a writer instead. And so I feel like that was the energy I brought to the table, that sort of Sarah crew making things up, very interested in everything, seeing possibilities in life. And when I realized that me finishing my degree, it wasn't about me having a plaque at the end that says, congratulations, you are official, MFA, way to go. It was, oh, wow, there is time, even while pregnant, even while basically working two jobs and being a mom on top of that and breastfeeding and, and, and there was time and I saw it. And I think that's when I realized that I was at peace. I was happy. I was curious. I was interested. I was more fun to talk with, you know, when I came around other adults, (laughs) because I had things to say. I had things to say outside of like, this stinks, sleep stuff stinks, being pregnant is so hard. My body hurts, you know, then it was just staying stuck in that moment. So I I needed to get outside my body and kind of use my head a little bit more. Um, I needed to be outside more. I needed that. I I had a need and it needed to be filled. I'm an avid reader and I realized there was time. I also realized audiobooks was like the way to go. (laughs) But it also made me look at the mainstream messages. I think that this is, I love this. Thank you for asking this question because I think it really helped me unpack how it is I came to um, dismantling a lot of the mainstream messages around modern motherhood that tell us 
that we're crazy, you know, that encourage us to be a hot mess or tell us that our life is out of control and mothering is nothing but hard. And we should just be bitter and angry and we can't even, and you know, the terrible twos and all of these things. And even down to the messaging of like, well, you're not a real mom unless you understand that there isn't time to do all this stuff. You're just, you're not a real mom. And I'm standing over here being like, I feel pretty real. (laughs) And this feels real. And it feels like there are possibilities outside of this messaging. And that's when I realized that a lot of the messages that are fed to moms are super disempowering. Mm. Moms are the most powerful beings on the planet. Hands down. We bring life into this world. We nurture it so naturally, or if it doesn't come naturally, we have all of these instincts and, and resources and sisters to lean into that anything that disempowers us as moms became a red flag to me. So anytime everyone's like, you know, Oh, this is the worst. This is just, ugh. you know, I saw a meme the other day that said, what fresh H-E double hockey sticks awaits me this morning. And I was like, Oh no, I'm not going to wake up in my mornings and have that be the messaging. I'm not going to wake up and have that thought in my head. First thing, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be interested. I'm going to pursue my own interests and be a mom. So this kind of led to a family philosophy we have of honoring the individual. So we are a family of five and we are made up of five individuals with five different interests, five different sets of needs, five different personalities, five different dreams. Yes, we have common dreams, but the fact of the matter is we are all different people. And in order to honor the individual and all of us, we have to show up and say what we're interested in. We have to be brave and say, Hey, I really want to listen to this book right now. You know, I might do it while I'm cooking dinner, which also interests me, (laughs) Um, you know, or I might do it while I'm folding laundry, which does not interest me, (laughs) but I'm making time for it. And there is an element of multitasking in there, but I just can't help but feel like learning is happening all the time. I believe that we are lifelong learners. So that's another element of it that kind of comes into it's, it's me, you know, examining the messages, honoring the individual, realizing I have needs, speaking up about those needs, encouraging my family members, even the young ones to speak up about their needs and what they're interested in. And then aligning my actions with my values. So I value that we are lifelong learners. It's not enough to just say we are lifelong learners. I believe that it is life-changing, life-giving to then take that belief and put it into action. So for me, I, I didn't just stop with holding that belief in my head, but when I started to put it into action, I found that life got easier and was way more interesting. So I think we get caught up on these notions of time that we don't have time for this sort of stuff, but it's not about the time. It's, it's about aligning our actions and values and just taking that action, no matter how long it takes or how little time it takes. It's not about the hour on the clock. It's not necessarily about scheduling it in. It's having that intention and showing up and taking action and saying, I'm driving home from the grocery store. I'm going to put on a podcast. Um, it could be for me, you know, and it could be like not explicit <laughs> so the kids can listen to, or it can be one that interests them. And I'm going to learn some stuff out of it too. So it's, it's putting that into practice. And, you know, I just stopped fighting it. I stopped fighting the fact that we're lifelong learners when it's, sorry, 
education is presented to us as if it learning has to be hard. And if it's not hard, then we're not actually learning or we're not doing enough. Ask me how I know as a veteran homeschool mom <laughs> and every single mom comes in and it's like, this feels too easy. I feel like I'm not doing it wrong. I feel like this isn't enough. I'm like, oh, it's okay. As Julie Bogart calls it, it's the ghost of public school past, you know, creeping in, <laughs> telling us that learning has to be hard, that it's not enjoyable. And if you're not struggling, then you're not actually learning. And that's just not the case. It is not a struggle for me to listen to these audiobooks, <laughs> unless it's outliers. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I know that I'm learning and getting perspective about other people and, and the perspective that I'm gaining and people who believe differently than me is really valuable. And, you know, I, I identify as an opt-outer um, and I enjoy learning and mysteries and solving these puzzles and, and exploring theories and all of that. And so does that author. So even though we don't see things just alike, it's an opportunity, me listening to this and understanding it and thinking about it is an opportunity for me to say, yes, I see how we're similar. And yes, I also see how we're different. And now it gives me different perspective when it comes down to it. I think that mothering is challenging and I figure that I don't have to make it harder by fighting the fact that we're lifelong learners. The truth of the matter is if you're pregnant for the first time, you're pregnant for the first time. You don't, you're not going to know everything about it. If you're going through the adoption process for the first time, you're not like, you're not expected to be a professional adoption expert, you know, that's going to know all the right things to say, do all the right paperwork, all the right organizations, like in that moment, when you give birth, you haven't done that before, right? Most of the time. And so we're learning as we go. When you have a one month old, it's the first time you're the mom of a one month old. And there's a lot of learning that happens in that space. Lots of lifelong learning. It doesn't stop. When you turn 40, it's the first time being a 40 year old. Ask me how I know. <laughs> there's a lot to learn in this season. <laughs> when you're 50, it's your first time being 50. You know, when you're going through menopause, it's your first time doing that. It's going to be your only time doing that. You know, it's just, there's so much grace and freedom and understanding that if issues arise, and we just acknowledge we're lifelong learners, it diffuses situations. Oh my gosh, I'm going through menopause. Not me, but just an example. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? I don't know. Ah, you know, oh, it's horrible. Menopause is horrible. It's hot flashes. Oh my gosh, we need medication. We need this. We need that. It's not about that. It's about getting curious about it and saying like, oh, menopause, is this happening to me? Is it not? And you don't have to have the answer when you ask the question. You, as a lifelong learner and bringing your curiosity to the table, you will find other people who are familiar with menopause, whether that be a friend who's going through it and who can share stories with you. Um, or an acupuncturist who's like, oh yeah, I've got treatments and herbs for that. And I can explain to you what's happening in your body. I can help relieve symptoms with you, you know, instead of for you. Um, and I just, I don't know. Yeah. Have I always been curious? I think a little bit <laughs> down to the writing <laughs> and it still continues to show up in certain ways, you know, even in things like homeschooling, um, you know, you're, I'm constantly learning alongside my kids or relearning things that I learned before or learning how to present things new to them. And even down to reading a little princess that I've read before, but reading it out loud to my children as a mom is a totally different experience than me reading it way back when. So it's still lifelong learning, even if we've read the book before. Oh, my gosh, I love this so much. And I love that you brought up 
that it, this is a value for you. We know we're lifelong learners. I'm nodding along with you. You can see me nodding along. And, you know, I I know that when it comes to motherhood and having our little babies, one of the, I think, Whenever, whenever I have a friend who's pregnant and he's like, oh, give me, give me your best advice. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'm certainly not an expert because I don't think any of us are, but the only piece of advice I ever give is everything's a season. Everything's a season. Everything, things are going to change. As soon as you think you've got it down, something's going to change. That's just what's going to happen. And we can see that in our kids. I think we can see that things are consistently changing and that they're consistently growing and learning. But sometimes I think we forget that for ourselves. But just like you said, the first time you're 40 is the first time you're 40. The first time you go through whatever stage of life you are is that first time. And just knowing that and then also valuing having that curiosity and being an active learner in those different experiences, I think is so huge because when we value something, then we actually put attention to it. I think mm-hmm. if we don't think that we value something, then we just we just let it go by, right? But if we value being curious and being a learner about things, just like our kids do, right? Our, our kids are like, I know that my my daughter right now. We are learning about Asia in our as a as a continent in our homeschool, and she is really fascinated with China. She really likes the country of China. She's really interested. So most of the time, we just kind of have been flipping through some of the other countries. We we're talking about them, and she likes learning about them. But she just keeps going back to China. She's like, I want to learn about the pandas. I want to learn about the Great Wall. I want to, and so we just keep going back to that. And I'm trying to honor that because I'm like, this is so cool to see her. I don't know where she got this idea that she just, she's fascinated by China. That's awesome. So I try and encourage her with that. And she keeps bringing it back to that. So what if we did the same thing? And when something sparks our interest, we actually dove into it and we leaned into Mm -hmm. it because we value that instead of just going, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll learn about that one day. But like you said, we have to be intentional about that. We have to be intentional about that learning. And it, it does bring so much, I don't even know, just so much joy and depth to our lives, I think, when we Mm -hmm. do learn new things. Like I know just learning how to bake sourdough bread this past year was so humbling because I just do (laughs) not consider myself a a baker. And like we started from absolutely nothing, just flour and Mm -hmm. water. And like we watched that thing. We named it. (laughs) She's in my fridge now. Um, (laughs) But uh, she needs to come out again because it's been too long since I've baked a loaf. Um, But, you know, that whole experience of feeding it and watching it and taking care of it and then actually learning how to bake it and failing so many times, but knowing Mm -hmm. that each one of them is a failure, we're still going to eat it. It's just I'm learning every single time. And it was such a cool experience and something really cool as an adult to learn something completely new and completely out of my comfort zone. And so I think that that is just something incredible that you you bring to moms and you encourage them to do is giving them permission almost to be curious, mm-hmm. which I love so much. And I know that um, we were on a call together a couple of weeks ago, not a podcast call, just a chat. And I was sharing with you that there's a, a mom's group that I'm in and the topic of hobbies came up. Mm-hmm. And I really want to dig into this because you mentioned this a little bit, but I think that so many of the moms answered, oh, I definitely don't have any hobbies. She asked, I think the question was, 
it was like, um, do you moms have hobbies? Are you looking for a hobby? Do you want a hobby? And the response was basically, no, of course not. Of course I don't have hobbies. Like it, it would be nice to have a hobby. But I think the answer was like, oh, would be nice. It'd be nice if I, and you know, mm-hmm. it's the would be nice if I had a time, if I had a time, if I had time, <laughs> it would be nice mm-hmm. if I weren't a mom and motherhood didn't take up so much of my time. Mm-hmm. But going back to that place of, okay, if this is something we value, then we're going to put intention towards it. Then we are going to make the time for it. How are some ways that I think as moms, we can start, you know, there's the mindset piece, the believing that we are lifelong learners. And then there's that actual action taking. How can we as moms start to make this a value, start to make curiosity a value, start to make lifelong long learning a value and actually take action on it. Does that make sense? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It sure does. And I have so many thoughts and so many examples, but the very first thing I'm going to say is that a lot of this is tied into our self-worth. I know I'm so sorry. (laughs) And, And also not at the same time. it's something that I still unpack. It's something I still think about. It's hidden in, in our societal messages too. Along with the disempowerment comes the feeling like we're not worth it. Feeling like Mm -hmm. the role of motherhood is it. You were whole, you were a whole person, and then you took on this role and now you are only that you are wholly that. Mm -hmm. And that that's just not the case. So Oftentimes we will feel as though we, it, we are not worth it. For example, I love that book tribe um, and nothing to do with wartime journalism for me, but the sense of belonging. I wanted to know what belonging looked like in other cultures. When I went to go buy that book, because it was one that I actually, I knew I wanted to buy and not just mm-hmm. do the audible thing. And I thought, is this the book that you're supposed to be reading right now? You have an obligation with the podcast to be reading these other books um, because you're going to be talking with the authors or you're going to be deciding whether you want to talk with the authors. If, it, if it's a value to, to your audience. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to be <laughs> interviewing Sebastian, the author of Tribe, but I really wanted to know about it. And I did have a moment of, should I be listening to a parenting book instead? Cause I'm struggling with my, I'm just going to name someone, but my five-year-old, should I be doing that instead? Is that really what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this, does this have anything to do with motherhood? You know? Oh, but wait, do, am I obligated to only listen to motherhood things mm. or am I interested in other things? It's, I mean, it's part of the reason I do the podcast and everyone's like, well, you're all over the map with your topics. Yes. Because moms are interested in all kinds of different things. We're not interested in just one thing. It's why you have such a great variety in your podcast too. Mm -hmm. You know it, you see it. It's just, it's obvious. And and us showing up like that, um, I I hope encourages other moms to do the same. So if you really want to listen to that romance novel or that um, book about, um, gosh, I don't know. (laughs) health, your health issues or things that are coming up for you, or you want to listen to the parenting book, do it without guilt. Know that you are worth that time. You will fill yourself up. It is easier to give back to others when you're full. So really it is a win, 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 win situation all around. You know, it's, it's you, you know, passing the time of the mundane everyday tasks that you might not enjoy laundry for me. 
It's, it's making it more enjoyable for yourself. You can do that. Like, it's like the learning thing. Like we feel like you're not actually learning anything or it's not school or it's not education unless it's really hard. I feel like that's like a hangover message into motherhood too. Like it's not really real unless it's really hard. That's not the case. I can actually get through the laundry. I don't need to get my joy from ah, nice, neat, folded pile of towels that, that brings me absolutely zero joy. (laughs) But what does bring me joy is listening to a podcast while I'm doing that, listening to an audio book that of my choosing while I'm doing that without obligation and without guilt. And when we do that, we are honoring the whole person in us. We are taking a holistic approach. I think that the word holistic has gotten thrown around and is associated with like essential oils, <laughs> you know, or things like that. But really what holistic, a holistic approach is honoring the whole person. Mm-hmm. And we have to start, we have to be the ones to do that for ourselves. We have to empower ourselves to do that. And that does mean dismissing a lot of the mainstream messages that are out there that disempower us, that tell us we don't have time. We have to get to a point where we're managing our thoughts and we're doing that by cleaning out. We could do a little spring cleaning here with the file folders in our head. And we start cleaning out those messages that tell us we don't have time, that tell us our kids are terrible, that tell us that motherhood is nothing but hard. We can unfollow that stuff. We can, we can let go of it. And once we start to do that, you'll find that you'll immediately be interested in things. You understand that you're worth it. You understand that time is a construct and not the end all be all, and that you can show up however you need to, for you in that moment to honor the wholeness in you. So from a practical standpoint, that looks like trying things out. That looks like um, following rabbit holes. So you talk about China, you know, did you think you'd ever be studying China (laughs) in the way that you are? And then going off on all of these different um, rabbit holes, right? So I do have a rabbit hole for you. Have you seen the Snow Leopard documentary? No. In China where they actually, we just watched it this week and they filmed uh, snow leopards, like baby snow leopards in the wild, like for the first time ever. And it was just, it's so interesting. So then you can find that you're interested in things. And once you've given yourself permission to dive into a topic, like a child would, Mm -hmm. children have natural curiosity. So we can follow their lead as much as we're setting the example for them and modeling things for them. They are modeling things for us. So the truth Mm -hmm. of the matter is if, if you are not sure where to start and you're really far removed from, from learning is easy and effortless and the curiosity of a child, look to your children and see what they're interested in and how it is they navigate down all these rabbit holes and go in different directions and give yourself the freedom to do the same thing. And then to hearken to your other sour, like example of sourdough, um, you can look around sourdough's hot right now. It's hot. (laughs) It's real. Everyone's trying it. Everyone's like, we can be bread bakers and we're going to get real extra fancy with it. And humbling is the word for it. Oh my gosh. So if you find that you are, don't know what to try, try something that's hot, try something that is, you know, other people are trying that there's suddenly a lot of products to support, Mm -hmm. you know, that hobby or, or no products, just use what you have. You know, that's the wonderful thing about sourdough and the maddening thing too. (laughs) But if it doesn't interest you, if it's an outliers book, you know, and you're like, am I going to see this through or not? It doesn't matter. You can decide, but you know what? The important thing is that you tried it. You tried something troubleshoot it. If you find that it lights a fire in you and is super interesting, if it frustrates you to no end, 
throw out that starter. Like you mm-hmm. don't have to keep it. You don't have to look at it and be like, oh, I'm so bad at this. You know, learning is hard again, although sourdough is kind of hard in my book, not for other people, but it is for me. Um, you can journal, you can start journaling to get to know yourself. Cause one of the things is, so you can look outside for things to do, but if that's not serving you, you can look inside yourself too and see what it is you're, you are actually interested in. And there will be moments that you are so far removed from that person. You don't know. So one of the best things you can do is journal about it, write down three pages a day, minimum, um, and, or one page or half a page, just put pen to paper and start writing and your desires, your needs, your wants, your thoughts will start to come out. It might be brain dump at first of like, Oh, I forgot to pay the the trash bill and oh, I forgot this or oh my house flooded or like whatever it is. True story this week. Um and then all that junk will move away and clear the path and you'd be like, actually I really want to explore that author I read in my early 20s. You know, I heard they came out with a new book. I heard Elizabeth Gilbert's new book is really good. You know, I hear this, I hear that and and you can go back and and explore those, but sometimes you have to get rid of some of that brain gunk. Um, it's before you can get to who you are now or what you might be interested in. Um, you can make lists of things that you used to like, mm. you know, um, but just know that those are like pre-pregnancy genes to me, <laughs> <laughs> things that you used to like, <laughs> it may or may not be something that is a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to try to force your way back into old hobbies or habits or interests or anything, because you're changed as a mom and that's mm-hmm. totally okay. You can just embrace where you are in that. Um, so write down a list of things you like to do, things you don't like to do, things you think you would like to do, things that other people do that look interesting that you might like to try. This mm-hmm. isn't like a set in stone list, right? As it can be really flexible. You can erase things, cross things out, circle things, highlight things, whatever. Um, do Pinterest searches. I know that that's really overwhelming for some people, but for other people, it's inspiring. So if you're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Don't do it. It's just an idea. But some people love Pinterest and they're like, okay. Um, And if you type in hobby, I started embroidering this year, Mm. partly because of homeschool for my kids and partly like this is actually fun Mm -hmm. and relaxing. I'm also going to listen to an audio book while I do that (laughs) because I like that sort of doing two things at once. And it that helps me get through some of the whole, is this a waste of time questions that come into my head? Because mm. even as a person who is a lifelong learner, part of my learning is to learn that it's not a waste of time and mm. that I am showing up and that I am modeling things for my kids. And I am teaching them by embroidering and, and making so many mistakes. I actually think embroidery should be called how to manage knots on the back of your artwork. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it's also maddening and very humbling, but there's, there's lessons to be learned in that. Um, when you do a search or you're not sure which one to pick first, flip a coin heads. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try sourdough tails. I'm going to start binging on audiobooks. flip a coin and whatever shows up. And let's say it said, um, binge on audiobooks, And you're like, shoot, I actually wanted to do sourdough. There's your real answer. You know, your gut reaction will tell you which one you actually wanted to go with. Or if you're like, yay, I was hoping it would land on the audiobooks. That initial reaction will help you like sort through some of that doubt. Flipping a coin is like one of my favorite things of all time. <laughs> audiobooks and podcasts are great. 
you don't have to sit down and listen to them for enormous amounts of time. Um, and sometimes those little snippets, those little teasers, um, will do a couple different things for you. It'll get your mind racing and excited and eager and anticipating, um, what they're going to say next or what they're going to teach next or what you're going to learn next or a plot twist, you know, that's coming up. You don't have to sit down and just binge on it. It doesn't have to be a Netflix binge kind of thing. Again, another cultural message that, you know, if it, is it even listening, if it's not binging, you know, no, it is, you can listen to it in five, five minute snippets. Um, and it just gets you excited. It brings your excitement level up. It does something for you. You're anticipating it and you're going to make time for it. Cause you need to know what happens next, you know, um, also try to identify frustration points in your life and search from there. So let's say that you're, cause it's cooking, right? <laughs> let's say that cooking is something that you dread. It's something that you feel like you're not very good at. Um, but you are starting to realize that you could use a little more peace in your day. Um, when it comes down to that, what would that look like? It would probably look like researching it a little bit more, you know, looking for easy recipes, looking for a recipe that, you know, you would like pigs in a blanket, you know, <laughs> you do a Pinterest search for that. Your mind will be blown. <laughs> um, there's so many different ways to approach it. So if you have a frustrating thing in your life, like, oh, cooking is such a drag. What do I do? Start researching that ways to make your life easier, ways to make your life more efficient. You know, I have this Instapot. It's frustrating frustrating me grow like growing dust, <laughs> gathering dust in the corner. It makes me feel guilty that I'm not using it. Go get an Instapot book from the library, you know, mm -hmm. or, or look again, do a search online and, or ask friends for their favorite recipes. And that, that will grow connection with other people then too, when you're, when you're talking about that. So as much as like lifelong learning happens for just us and focusing on us, there are plenty of opportunities also for us to do it in community as well, mm -hmm. even now, even now there's so many ways of like, yeah, I just need to see someone's face. Yes. We've never met in person but I don't feel like we needed to have met in person to have the connection that we do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's good. I think that that's a great example for other people too, that even though there are limitations placed on us right now, that we have an opportunity to still connect beyond that, to still yeah. learn, to learn together, to learn individually. Like there's just so many opportunities. And if you're overwhelmed, um, I really think that I just talked to a guest the other day and I, I could not agree with this more. She put it into better words than I can, but overwhelm is a signal that we need resources. So if you have any moments of overwhelm in your day, if your toddler is overwhelming, which <laughs> we all understand, start looking for toddler resources. And then that will be part of your learning too. So yeah. Is it related to motherhood? Absolutely. Are you frustrated that you don't have time? start researching time. Here's a rabbit hole for you. Start looking up Einstein time. You, your mind will be blown. Oh, there's just different ways of looking at it, different ways of scheduling, different ways of planning. And just because one thing doesn't work out, doesn't mean that you're failing at it. It just means you were trying and you were learning and that's okay. So I hope that's, that makes sense. I know it's like a kind of a long list, but that really is the reality of lifelong learning that the possibilities are endless and they are very tailored to you and what it is you're interested in. 
um, information and resources and entertainment, even, you know, that can serve you that that model learning for your kids that make you feel whole, that make you see your self-worth and value yourself more. So to me, it just seems totally essential. And if you don't know where to start, I get it. There's not a lot of messaging out there that says you should start. You should start, you should, you should look at that for yourself and, and just do it. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Shut off all the messages, sit down with your journal, start dumping it out. And you are going to get to know yourself big, big, big time. And also flip a coin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, this is so good. I am so glad that you brought up the guilt and how connected this is to our self-worth. Because as you're saying this, I'm thinking, I don't see any messages out there that's like, you know, mom should go get a hobby. Mom should try new things. Mom should do all this. It's like, unless it's directly connected to motherhood, it feels like, oh, moms just don't have, like I said, moms just don't have time for that. Or that's just the way it is. And it doesn't have to be like that. And we don't have to feel guilty when we want more. Um, I love the example you gave of books and wanting to read that book. And, you know, I also love that you mentioned excitement and being excited about something, being excited, you know, when you're listening to the preview of the audiobook and like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to listen to more. How many days for many of us who are moms do we go through without that much excitement? You know, it's just it's just our day as a mom and we've got to go through the motions some days and we've got to do the laundry and we have to put food on the table. We have to keep our kids alive. We've got to homeschool our kids, which is, you know, there are great days and there are days that are also a bit of a struggle, at least at least mm-hmm. in my house. Mm-hmm. There are those everyday things that we need to do just to upkeep our lives as a mom. So why not bring more excitement into it and show mm-hmm. our kids that? And so I love that example that you gave of wanting to read the book and having to give yourself a little bit of that permission, even though it feels Mm -hmm. like you are that permission giver to other moms, right? (laughs) You are the life schoolist. You are the one who's like, you can do that. You can learn. You can try new things. You can try hobbies, but you still felt a little of that twinge of guilt. And I know that that's something that I experienced um, in the past year and a bit. Um, I haven't, I hadn't read fiction books for I don't even know how many years. And I used to love fiction books. I used to devour them when I was in high school and college. And then um, after that, I was in so much school. It was like I went right from college into culinary school and then into learning about holistic nutrition, into becoming a personal trainer, to becoming a health coach. Like I was in school all the time and I never felt like I had the time to read anything, but what I was learning for school. Or then when I had a business, it was like I had to learn about growing my business. And then as a mom, I had to learn about growing a mom. And there were so many of these have-tos and shoulds that I put something that I loved so much on the back burner because, oh, I shouldn't. I don't I don't have the time for that, going back to that. And I just, I shouldn't, I should read a book about motherhood. I should read a book about mm-hmm. business. I should read a book for the podcast. And it was um, a little over a year ago now um, because it was before all the lockdowns and all that. I had a friend um, in a local mom's group who said, hey, I don't know if you guys would be interested in this, but in my last mom's group, we had a book club. And I was like, yes, 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 I would be interested because it gave me permission to say yes to reading fiction again. And I didn't need the permission. I didn't from anyone else, at least. I could have given myself the permission, but Mm -hmm. just having someone else say, would you like to do a book club? And we had like, oh my gosh, 10 of us 
mm-hmm. this mom's group was like 25 women. So that's quite a few of us who started reading these books together every single month and we were getting together and we were talking and discussing. And so it also gave me a reason to actually read the book. And I found so much joy in that. And we even continued it for a few months. Um, my, my friend who started it actually ended up moving to Okinawa. Um, she's military. And so time difference was a, a little bit difficult mm-hmm. <laughs> when she moved away. And um, we were, were struggling to make times work on Zoom. But just having that excuse for that, you know, excuse, so to speak, for mm-hmm. that period of time just reintroduced me to reading fiction and really enjoying fiction. And now I've been reading fiction for over a year at night, every single night. Mm-hmm. I still read my nonfiction books about business and motherhood and health mm-hmm. and all of these areas that I'm interested in as well, but I don't feel shoulds around them anymore. I feel like it's okay to also read fiction just because it brings me joy. And I think that in this last year, I think it's been a little bit of a gift that many of us have been at home more than ever. And we, we've we almost been like presented with our boredom. <laughs> like we're like, yes. we can't just, you yes. know, go to the mall. And I don't know, I don't even know the last time I went to a mall, but that was just the example I thought of or go to Target and browse. I guess we can a little bit more now, at least where, where I am. But for a while there, it wasn't like we could just go to Target and browse for three hours. We were sitting at home and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, the kids are fine. My work is done. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't have anything else. Right. So giving those the moms that permission that you don't have to feel guilty if you want to try something new and you want to start something new and that you can be curious. Um, I just think that that's, I think it's so fantastic. And so I would love for you to just dive a little bit into why this is important for our kids, because I do think that sometimes as moms, we need the reminder that this is good for our kids too, that it's not taking away from our kids for us to have our own interests. Hmm. I do want to touch on one thing that you said though. Yeah. Um, and just in this journey, it made me, it made me think about my own journey, but there is no shame in finding an excuse mm. or justifying why it is important for you to do this. There's no shame in a book club. You reading that book because you feel obligated to a book club is equally as valuable as you reading that book because you have decided you were worth it. Mm. it you're still reading the book. And part of that journey is, is that we're going to probably need to look for ways to justify it to ourselves and to our family. I mean, there was a little bit of pushback from my family when I started taking this and they're like, but, uh, we need you or want you or whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's good. It's good. Mommy wants to read this right now. Cause I'm interested in it. And that's okay. It's like when you read books that you're interested in and you read them. You know, even if I need, I could always use help with something around the house. Mm -hmm. I could make up a million reasons as to why I need your help right now, instead of you reading that book, but I'm going to honor the fact that you are an individual. I'm going to honor the fact that you are interested in that book, that reading is valuable. You know, it's seen as societally valuable at your age, even, you know, (laughs) like there are just certain, certain things. I think it sets a good example because a lot of the messaging is kids are naturally curious. And then at some point, it's like we lose that curiosity. Mm. Is it beaten out of us? Do we just, are are we so bogged down with responsibilities that we forget to? It's almost like there are all these New York Times bestsellers and it's expected that we read them. 
but then we don't make time to read them. (laughs) But then if you do, you know, it's okay, you know, because it is a New York times bestseller and everyone's reading it, you know, supposedly, but if it's not interesting to you, you know, why that's a whole other, whole other tangent, but it's really good for our kids to see that curiosity will change over time. I think it just naturally does as we take on all the adult responsibilities. We don't have to come at learning and lifelong learning with the exact same free-spirited gusto that our children have, you know, in their first learning. Um, And it will wane a little bit, but it's still there. It models for them that it's okay as an adult to pursue things that you're interested in so that hopefully when they grow up, they're not tasked with the same sort of unpacking that we have to do mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so they can look at any societal messages that disempower them or say that you don't have time or that you're not worthy of reading this, or it's a waste of time to do this. There are more meaningful things you, you know, meaningful to the rest of the world, you know, uh, than, than reading or pursuing hobbies or interests or anything like that. And we're basically saying, no, no, when you get older, you're going to be faced with things that you're interested in, that you want to make time for, that the world is telling you, you don't have time for. And I'm here to show you that you do. It shows them that we slow down. It shows them how it is. We balance time, how real life is that yes, upkeep of our lives is inevitable and it's necessary You got to eat and cook and do the dishes and laundry and clean the house and pay the bills. And all of this stuff is inevitable, but that is not all of it. That is not all of life. Mm -hmm. Being a parent is awesome. You are also still a whole person. And so if they grow up seeing that modeled, um, even, even if we're still figuring out as we go along, (laughs) um, it'll be much, much, much easier for them as adults, because that will just be what they believe life to be like. And I think it's much more freeing, much more inspiring, much more enjoyable, much more exciting. And there's just so much more joy and peace in your day when you do that. And then they aren't just going to look at adulthood and, and think, oh gosh, it's just stressful and boring and awful and all these things, you know, it's not. It's not. And um, we're always trying to give our kids messages of like, I'm happy to be around you. I'm happy to be with you. That messaging doesn't have to look like us only staring at our kids 24 seven. You know, it can look like us sitting to the side and doing something else. It can look like us setting healthy boundaries and saying, mommy's reading right now. You may go play and that's okay. Um, mommy's going to watch her own show. Mommy's going to watch her own documentary while you watch your documentary over there. We're documentary watchers. So I don't feel obligated to watch (laughs) the exact same ones that they're interested in, you know? So I think it just sets a really good example. And again, right. Moms are the most powerful beings on the planet. We have the power to change the next generation. If we are a generation of moms who are going to unpack this stuff, we're going to see our self-worth. We're going to drop the shame and the guilt. We're going to show up. We're going to pursue our interests. We're going to have hobbies. We're going to see the value in that, know the value in that, honor ourselves as a whole person. And that is the example we're setting. The, the generation that we are raising is going to grow up and think that is the norm. And that is world changing. Mm. So yeah, you might think it's just you sitting down and learning how to untangle knots. I mean, embroider. <laughs> Or you might think that it's just you learning how to do sourdough and cursing as you throw, you know, the, the burnt loaf to the chickens or whatever it is, but actually really, truly in those small moments, you are 1000% shaping the next generation. Mm -hmm. I love that. And 
It's so true that if they see that example, they start to, or I believe that they start to believe that we are allowed to learn and we're allowed to explore. Mm -hmm. And what kind of possibilities could that open up for them as they Mm -hmm. are growing older and exploring new interests? And what kind of interests could it open up? And, you know, what kind of new discoveries could be made in the world just because that child saw their parent being curious Mm -hmm. and they're also curious. And so they started to explore things. And I know I love watching my kids be curious and and I really want to cultivate that for them for their entire lives. Like my daughter the other day was like, mom, I want to come show you her uh, American girl doll's name is Samantha. She's like, Mm. I want to come show you Samantha's room. And I was like, okay. So I go into her bedroom and she has designed this whole bedroom for Samantha. We had to shift it a little bit so we could actually get her clothes in her dresser, but she has this whole, (laughs) this whole area of her room set up. And she's like, this is her bed and this is her desk. And this is her closet with all of her clothes in there. And she had just designed it all. And, and I was like, she's, you know, a little interior designer just right there, just deciding that her Samantha needed a room. And she didn't need anything new for it. She mm-hmm. used things she had already she already had. She was just interested and she she did it and she was curious. And the same thing with her curiosity about China. I have no idea where it came from and it doesn't matter. She just wants to learn mm-hmm. about it. And so I'm trying to cultivate that in her. And it's just such a good reminder that cultivating that in ourselves is mm-hmm. going to is going to carry on to them and going to give them that permission to to be mm-hmm. curious. So giving ourselves permission and then and then giving them permission too. And you know what? I think we can give other moms permission too. Mm-hmm. We can encourage our mom friends who are maybe feeling a little bit lost. Like I don't have any interests outside of motherhood and I would like to, but maybe they Mm -hmm. are feeling those cultural messages that you're just supposed to be a mom and that's it. And only think about mom things. We can encourage that. And I think that's important that we encourage each other in that too. You know, we don't have to push people to find hobbies, (laughs) but we can encourage each other too and remind each other that it's okay. Instead of just commiserating, really, um, I guess, encouraging each other, I think. Amen to that. Yes, 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 yes. That's, again, part of the cultural messaging, the societal messaging right now is that um, you have to commiserate. You have to. Otherwise, you're not real. Otherwise, and you just have to commiserate and nothing else. That's it. That's the end of the story. Commiserate, understand, show people but I don't think that that's really the core of being seen, heard, known, and loved. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, it really is like, I understand. I see you. I know you. And I love you enough to be like, so what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? It doesn't stop with the commiserating. It's, you know, I, I see you. I understand. Now let's figure this out. And we can figure it out together. And it can look like something super fun and interesting, like taking classes together or doing a book club or being a part of groups with similar interests or trying different ones out. You know, that can look like social media. It can look like you having a chat with your friends. It can look like um, my girlfriends and I who have an ongoing um, Weston A. Price study, if you will, Mm -hmm. like we're all interested in Weston A. Price. And so we'll share articles and then we'll talk about them all over text. Most of it has to do with butter. (laughs) 
but it's super fun. And I wouldn't trade like my butter besties for anything, right? Like that's part of learning together too. And just, and who knew, you know, and all it took was that one friend saying, Hey, have you ever heard of Weston A. Price? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Nope, no clue. Sent us one article and now it's been years. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Yeah. And I also have a deeper connection with these particular friends because we actually technically study something together. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm actually thinking of a friend who we have an ongoing conversation about hormones and hormone health. And each time one of us learns something new, we share with each other. And it's just so cool. And I mean, I could consider that something that relates to my field and my work Mm -hmm. or, you know, and obviously health and wellness, but it is learning and it is being curious. It's about being curious about my body and then also being curious about things that could help other people around me. And so Mm -hmm. it is really cool that we're in this together. And I feel like I can always, when I learn something new, I don't have to like keep it to myself either. I can be like, Hey, guess what I learned? This cool hormone thing, which might seem strange to some people, but to us, it's really exciting and it's really fun. And we'll ask each other silly questions when one of us will say something and the other will be like, what part of your cycle are you? in. Is that Mm -hmm. connected? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, all the time, all the time. We have constant conversations about that too. And, and what that looks like and, and having these conversations with other people, even like cycle specific ones, I found out, um, just how often other women ovulate, not right smack dab in the middle of their cycle. Mm, I have a friend who ovulates mostly pretty consistently on day nine. Another one who, who, um, I know, right. I heard that and was like, what? No, come on. Found that another pregnant friend, another friend got pregnant on the 24th day of her cycle or something, you know, and I'm just like, Hmm, interesting. Also, Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Uh, Does, how does this apply to me or what does this look like? Or does ovulating at a different time other than smack dab in the middle of your cycle, what does that look like? You know, what's the length of your cycle? Like there's so much learning and, and actually in that curiosity in being curious about other people, they feel loved. Mm. Curiosity can actually be a healthy expression of love. So if you don't know what to say to somebody or someone tells you something, you can easily be like, tell me more, or what does that mean for this? You know, even if it's you like applying it back to yourself, if, if they're like, I have a 28 day cycle and you're like, Oh, I have a 24 day cycle. Mm -hmm. It just starts a whole conversation. And, you know, there's just so many different doors that can open up friendship wise, um, for you personally, you know, when you're learning along with other side when you're learning beside other people, it's, it's just exciting. It's fun. And it's to me, what life is actually really about. We're not here to be miserable, to Mm -hmm. stay in the hot mess mode, to, to put each other down, to be like, Oh, that's a silly thing. Or like, Oh, TMI, you know, when people share what we actually are after is that authenticity Mm -hmm. that like, Hey, Chris is super stoked on hormones. I love how excited she gets when Mm -hmm. she's talking about hormones. I love all the information she brings to the table. Do I have to be like super overly interested in hormones? No, but what I am interested in is what lights you up. Mm. And when you share that, I think eventually, once we start to like, let go of some of the toxic societal messages about motherhood, instead of being like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) Like we're in middle school or something. We're going to be like, you know what? It doesn't even matter because it lights Chris up. 
and it makes her feel good. And it teaches her about herself and in, in sharing her most authentic self and what it is she's interested in and what it is she's learning. She is helping other people too, and herself and her daughters, you know, this just, it never ends. I think that's the other part of it all too, is that once you're curious, once you're asking questions, once you accept that you're a lifelong learner, that just never ends. And I think it's part of my answer to the question, how do you do it all? Or how you just seem like you have so much energy. It's like, man, cause it never ends. Once you start asking questions, once you start getting curious, the energy just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing like an infinity sign or something. And you just mm-hmm. keep on. And that is what fuels you. And it ha- starts to have less to do with even like filling your own cup or having a hobby or any of that. It just becomes like a way of life instead. Yes. It's about that mindset too, right? Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned the example of waking up like, uh, what fresh H-E double hockey sticks am I going to (laughs) encounter today? I, I can't stand those messages either because it's like you are literally waking up telling yourself you're going to have a bad day, but we can approach things as this is going to be a good day because this day is going to bring me something new, something new to learn, something, a new way to grow, even in the days that feel mundane because they are going to happen, right? We can mm-hmm. find that excitement. We can find those little bits and remi- and remind ourselves that we are lifelong learners and that mm-hmm. we are allowed to be curious and that it's not just good for us. It's good for our kids. It's good for society. It's just good overall. So, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. So I want to go back to the book question or the resource question, I guess, um, because I know that you're a fellow bookworm. <laughs> Were there any books or resources that really help to inspire you in your journey to more curious living? I know you said you've always been a little curious, but really after you, you know, when you were going for your master's and then you had your second daughter and you were continuing to cultivate this curiosity, were there any resources that you leaned on to kind of start to cultivate this more within yourself? I don't think it was a specific book so much as just reading in general. So reading about health, about homeschool, about cooking, about parenting, about motherhood, about societies, you know, in a sense of belonging, um, history, anything that interests me. There's a great book called Bill Bryson at home. Um, It wasn't something I read, you know, way back in the day, but it's just the history of houses and how a second story of a house came to be and things like that. And it's just super interesting. So anything that makes me go, wow, any books that have wow facts in them or wow ideas, or even wow plot lines, Mm -hmm. you know, anything that lights me up is what kind of kept me going. Um, and podcasts do the same thing because once you have that, wow, and you're like, I got to tell somebody like, I cannot keep this to myself. It's just having those moments too, or even like holding up your embroidery at the end of it. You know, taking a picture and being like, look what I did. (laughs) Also, here's a picture of the back. Um, (laughs) You just, you just say, wow, anything that makes you say, wow. So I don't think it was a specific story or a person or anything like that. I think it was just mostly reading in general, because I don't think I was into podcasts so much way back then. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I realized podcasting was a thing and that you could then have like huge long text threads with your friends talking about specific podcast episodes, (laughs) and then also uh, gathering resources for people. So if someone's like, Oh, Hey, I'm thinking about a home birth, but I have some concerns about this. And if you've listened to a podcast episode about home birth, And you're like, Hey, I heard this. I don't know if it's going to apply to you, but here it is. I'm going to share it. 
I mean, the, the instant connection that that gives you with that person, that expression of care and concern and love and curiosity, it's awesome. It's awesome. So yeah, nothing in particular, but just having this information, being able to share it, being able to share what lights me up and then just giving other people permission to find what lights them up too. So yeah, sorry. I wish I had more book recommendations, <laughs> but well, there, I'm sure I don't you've think got tons of any. book recommendations, but it's okay if there's not specific ones, what you know that that really encouraged me to do is maybe explore even more outside of the genres that I just naturally, that naturally appealed to me, because I'm sure that there are more books that have that wow factor that will interest me if I just moved a little bit beyond the, you know, the sections that I, I naturally gravitate towards, right? Mm-hmm. We have a bookstore, um, like, oh my gosh, we could walk there in five minutes. It's probably a two minute drive unless we get a stoplight. There's one in between. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully things have opened up a little bit here. So um, I love browsing the bookstore and bringing the girls with me. And, you know, my seven-year-old can, is starting to read so she can read the titles of books, but just encouraging them to what, what interests you? What do you want to learn about? So let's go. And the library is a great place for that too, but you're not allowed to browse at the library right now where we are, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So um, you have to order the books, which is like way less fun, in my opinion, to go on the online catalog and search for things than it is to actually see the books. Maybe I'm just, I'm very much a kinesthetic learner. So I like to do things with my mm-hmm. hands. So I like to pick it up yeah. and I like to look at it and I like to look at the back. And there's oh, yes. just, it's just not the same when you're ordering things from Amazon or, you know, on the online catalog. And there are some books I just like to buy because I can take notes in them and I can keep them. But for Mm -hmm. the kids too, and for myself, I, it was really good encouragement to explore a little bit beyond what the the typical to maybe find something new. Like I'm going to, I'm going to pick up tribe. (laughs) It's so good. The audiobook is really good. It's particularly good that, you know, they're, it's so funny though, because I'll, I'll buy an audiobook or listen to it on an audible or something. And if it's so good that I need it, I just, Mm -hmm. I buy the the paper copy (laughs) too, because I just want to see it sitting in my shelf in my own, you know, library space at home and just be like, man, yeah, that book influenced me so much. I listened to it when the authors read it too. Oh, it just feels like you get to know them. So for people who are challenged right now, without, without the access to bookstores or the library, the ability to browse and things like that, there are book lists. Are you familiar with book lists? I don't think people curate book lists. So I have them. I have some I'm starting and I have my want to read list. I have like all the authors that I interviewed on the podcast and things like that. And there's a really great resource called bookshop.org and they support local and independent bookstores and have donated millions of dollars to local and um, small bookshops. And it's Mm -hmm. wonderful. So it's called bookshop.org. My book lists are on there, like read aloud for families. um, And then talking about this on your podcast, I think, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm like, Oh yes, now I know what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. So book lists. So if you find someone who um, has similar interests to you, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Sarah McKenzie um, with Read Aloud Revival. She has a ton of book lists. Um, if you just Google book lists or go on Goodreads and look for book lists um, and look by a title that you really loved, um, you will find people who have curated entire lists of titles that are either related to that or it's just a, a favorite of theirs. And then it also lists all their other favorites. And so that can give you like direction or a lot of variety 
too. Yeah. My uh, want to read list and and books books I have read lists are extremely varied. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people are are looking for variety, I have a lot in in my personal book list. But it's a great way to start if you just start googling book lists, um, nonfiction, fiction, home, anything, any topic at all. Yeah. You will find these beautifully curated fellow bookworm uh, book lists that we actually sit you know take the time to sit down and read them all and then put them together because it brings us joy and why not <laughs> yes oh my gosh no i i totally remember you mentioning this because i was listening to your podcast episode with Kendra Adachi on the way up to my so parents good. last week to do a cooking class and um and you had mentioned it and i was like oh my gosh i'm going to have to re-listen to this or go to the show notes so i can read cuz i i want i want Lori best book lists <laughs> They're so, so cool. We'll, we'll, so we'll get them and we'll put them in the show notes for, for the women who are listening because, yeah, that's such a great idea because I'm always looking for for new ideas and new things to read now that my love of reading has been reignited. <laughs> Have you read Elizabeth Gilbert's City of Girls? No, I haven't. But you know what? Right now I am reading. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to remember the name of the book now. I'm reading her book. I'm listening to it. Um Big magic. Yes. Thank you. I'm like, I know the subtitle is creative living beyond fear. Yeah. Way <laughs> to go. <Big> magic. <laughs> I don't know why I know the subtitle and not the title. And it's, yeah, it's a beautiful reminder that it's okay to be creative and that we can mm-hmm. be creative in different ways. And that, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's Big a magic, one. uh, would be if you wanted to ignite a fire, <laughs> and read at the same time, big magic. It would be probably at the top of my list. Um, Not fiction. It's definitely not fiction, but it Mm -hmm. lit me on fire. There are many people who consider it a very sacred book to them and compare it to the Bible. You know, I don't, but, but there are people who do that. That's their like creative writing or just creator, you know, uh, texts that they just love, 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 love. But city of girls, when I were talking about fiction books, I realized I haven't read a lot of fiction in a really long time. I think I might want to read luminaries. Mm. They made a film like stars made a series out of it. And the, it's very character driven, super good, but city of girls, um, at the very end of the book, I'm not going to give anything away. I'm just going to let you know that I was so involved in this book that for the end of it, I woke up at 3am one morning, naturally wide awake on fire with curiosity Mm-hmm. because I knew that this was the last morning I was going to read this book. And so I woke cool. up, made myself a cup of coffee, and I was sitting there in the dark with my lamp on. And I got to the last two pages and I actually closed the book and held it there for a few minutes because I didn't want it to end. Mm-hmm. I knew that once I was done reading it, I was done. Yeah. And it may sound silly, but I was sat there and was like, I just don't want it to end. And if I close it, it's not over. And then I finished it, but oh man, it was, it, that one let me on fire too. Oh my gosh. That's, that's going on my list. (laughs) There have been a few books I've read like that too, where I'm like, no, I don't want it to end. Is there a sequel? Like, is there, can I read more? I am with my copy, holding it physically closed so that it didn't end (laughs) as if I were like in seventh grade again or something. (laughs) I love that. But that is, you know, that is curiosity and that mm-hmm. is wanting to have get more out of life and more of mm-hmm. this excitement. And I think that that just kind of, it pulls it all together that we mm-hmm. are allowed and we're deserving of that sort of excitement in our life. And it's just, 
it's just sitting in your bed at 3 a.m. with a coffee, mm-hmm. reading a book. But even those things that seem so little, we oftentimes mm-hmm. don't give ourselves permission to do, but how much joy do they bring to our lives? Right. And the time piece too, right? If we're so caught up on time mm-hmm. and that we don't have time and that, you know, there were, there are people I'm sure who'd be like, oh, I would never wake up at 3am. That sounds terrible. Why would I do that to myself? Sleep is, a, this was the very first thing on my Instagram feed this morning was talking about sleep and how we view it as like this end all be all thing. And if you miss any at all, you never catch up on it. And it just is, it is super valuable. And we prioritize that a lot in our family, but I wasn't going to not honor where I was in that moment at 3am when my eyes flew open, I felt rested, but what if I had hung on to that sort of like fickle notion that, Oh no, it's 3am. The world says you're supposed to be sleeping right now. I would have missed out on that opportunity to read in silence. If I had waited until what the world considered to be an okay time to wake up, I would have had to have finished that incredible book with the loudness of the morning around me and animals asking to be fed and kids asking to be fed and loudness and all of that. And it would not have been that super special moment just for me. And so if you can just let go of the timepiece, the notion that you know, only the cool moms or only the real moms, you know, sleep in, or we do all these different things. You know, I set my alarm for four 30 this morning. I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled to be here with you. I'm thrilled to be talking with you. 1 million percent worth it for me to wake up, do my makeup, have my coffee early, and then show up and talk with you in the peace and quiet of the day. When technically there is time, if we had waited until the world said, no, you have to start work at eight o'clock it wouldn't have worked for our schedules. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have worked for our kids. It wouldn't have worked for our families. So, you know, it doesn't, we don't need to hold on to these ideas about what the world says is the quote unquote right time to do things or what the acceptable times to do things. If you're a morning person, honor it, go for it. If you're a seasonal morning person in the winter time, not so much. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're a night owl, you know, embrace it. You don't have to go to bed early and wake up early just because the world tells you to. There are worms 24 seven. You don't have to be an early bird to get one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) So Lori Beth, what is inspiring you these days? What are you excited about? What are you learning? I know you mentioned embroidery. So Mm -hmm. some books that you're reading, what is inspiring you? Okay. This is really random, but, um, you know, I live on the Island of Maui and, um, I have a small farm and I meet a lot of other small farmers. And recently I met one who is also a mom and she is raising kune kune pigs. They are a heritage breed of pigs. And she also has a heritage breed of dogs called Spanish, um, Pyrenees Mastiffs. And there are only like 250 registered ones in the United States. And she has two of them and they're enormous and they're beautiful and wonderful. And the pigs are so cute and they're heritage breeds and they're being, she's part of like this whole movement of like bringing them back. And I was like, that's it. I want to be part of a movement that brings heritage animals back. How cool is that? It spoke to every level of my being. And so now we had one of those, do we just become best friends moments (laughs) and then have been talking about and studying. I've been studying dog breeds. I've been studying what it looks like to import dogs, 
what's safe, what's not, what can happen. Everything from like travel trauma and dogs, which sounds crazy, but like a lot of my time is spent researching these details Mm -hmm. so that I can understand, you know, all the details about it and what it means and what other heritage breed animals are out there. But then that also leads me down the rabbit hole of heirloom seeds as well, because I'm like, Ooh, you know, it's not just the animals, but it's the heirloom seeds, you know, and how many do I have and how many do I need? And then next thing you know, I'm looking up, um, Melissa Norris's stuff about like how much of a garden you have to plant for your family. So you don't have too much or too little and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so me, um, meeting this woman and her heritage breed animals and chickens, she has got fancy chickens. And so do I, and we have both have miniature goats and, and, you know, planting moringa trees and all this different interesting stuff. So we have a lot in common, but have discovered that we have a lot to learn from each other too. So this week or this month, or maybe even this year, I'm super interested in heritage breed animals, what they are, what, how people are bringing them back, um, responsible breeding, things like that. Mm. Um, and then I know that I need to learn more about gardening and trees, um, and, uh, fit of let's get through this, um, lockdown. (laughs) I bought a bunch of trees and planted them, um, and changed my farm plan. And I didn't quite get all of the details, right? So I happened to choose a couple of trees that were actually not great for our elevation and then they were suffering. And so then I had to figure out, I'm still needing to figure out that. So I'm in the process of hiring someone to come teach me how to take care of trees and which ones are appropriate for my elevation. Um, and so I'm hoping to bring in more native trees and things like that. So, um, (laughs) that is what I'm interested in and it has little to do with the podcast. Um, but that's what I'm interested in, in my own personal life. But then I also, um, am launching, uh, Patreon in April and we're doing, um, classes. I want to host classes for moms, um, so that we can learn together. We can learn things together. And I want to learn things like sourdough you know, along with other moms. And yes, I know we could do, um, a YouTube search and get millions of hits for how to do sourdough, but I'm not interested in staying in a silo and the maddening, humbling silo that is learning sourdough all by yourself from YouTube videos. (laughs) I am interested in learning it with other moms. I want to learn how to braid my own hair. Um, I want to learn how to braid my daughter's hair. So I'd love to host a braid workshop. I, um, I do my makeup every day, but I feel like I could be better at it. So I want to host a makeup workshop or like everyday eyeshadow or learn how to take care of houseplants or even have a sex therapist come on and and talk with us about things that we'd want to talk about. Can you read books about this? Yes, absolutely. Can you do book clubs about this? Yes, absolutely. But I just know that I want to hang out with other moms and I want to encourage this curiosity. And so I do want to bring up everyday relevant topics with other moms and learn together once a month, like an awesome mom's night in or something like that. And part of it is really self-serving because I am interested in how to propagate plants or mm-hmm. how not to kill my house plants. <laughs> um, I am interested in things like capsule wardrobes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but I want someone to show me what that looks like. And I want to sit alongside my sisters and be like, 
do you like this idea? Have you ever tried this? What worked for you? What didn't? And it's almost like this big, glorious text thread, you know, like about my butter besties, right? (laughs) (laughs) Only we're talking about all kinds of interesting things that we learn together in class where there's no grades and just all curiosity and sisterhood and learning together and just kind of reframing how it is we think about education and learning in general, but Mm -hmm. especially as adults and especially as moms. Yes. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have to be hard, right? It can be fun and we can do it in community with other people. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned a little bit and, um, something that I've had to learn how to release in my own life is when I try something and it doesn't work or it doesn't fit and just being okay with going, well, I learned that thing and that's great. And then just letting it go and then trying something new. I think this is such a great opportunity to try new things that we might not have thought about trying before, or we just told ourselves, well, I'm just not good at makeup. So I might as well, like, why am I going to take a class? Cause I just know I'm not good at it. Moving right. past that and going, okay, so they obviously have something to teach me, or they've got to have something to teach me that I don't already know. So maybe I can learn about that. Or my own story is um, I kill every house plant except that one little snake plant in the corner, but I don't have to. (laughs) I can learn. I can learn how to take care of house plants and I can learn how to have the jungle inside my house that I really want to have, but have not taken the time to really learn enough to treat those plants well. And Mm -hmm. there are, and doing it in community with other people, I am so with you on that because it's so encouraging to hear that other people are also not just interested in that and giving themselves permission to be curious about it, but they might also have struggles along the way and we can go, okay, so how did you figure that out? And Mm -hmm. how did you work through that? I think that's so huge. I think a lot of motherhood, especially in this last year, it's great if we do have communities. And like I mentioned, I had an awesome mom's group that I was a part of for several years um, locally here, but I think motherhood can feel really isolating a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. And so having the opportunity to meet with other moms, even online, if you can't meet in person or both having the combinations even better, I think is so huge. So I am so excited for you. Um, So how is it going to work? I want you to share a little bit more about, so it's a Patreon. I know that I have been a part of a couple different Patreons just for different podcasts. So how is it going to work for you and the Curiosity Collective, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, it is going to be an extension of elevating motherhood um, because one of the things I want to do too is to have a space off of social media mm-hmm. where we don't have the distractions, mm-hmm. right? We can just go in and, you know, comment on the one thing or hang out there or whatever and just this sort of like non distracted, safe, supportive space. Um, for people who aren't familiar, I found out recently a lot of people are not familiar with Patreon. It's been around for a really long time, but I too am a patron on Patreon to different. Um, um, gosh, chefs and uh, other podcasters and things like that, because to me, it is totally, totally worth it. So mm-hmm. there you go to Patreon, you search for what you're looking for. So in this case, it's elevating motherhood and there's different tiers. So I have something called the $5 coffee club, which is basically like you, you sign up like a subscription or a membership and $5 a month um, buys me one latte (laughs) a month, you know, so that I can keep creating. And it is a way for people to be patrons of creators to say, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate what you're doing. So, 
the coffee club gals are going to be part of the episode discussion threads because mm-hmm. I do tackle a lot of different topics. Um, I just posted about postpartum depression mm-hmm. um, on Saturday. There's going to be a lot we need to unpack there. Um, numerology. Um, gosh, I've talked about um, pregnancy and, oh, geez, what haven't I talked about? Right. Mm -hmm. PTSD and anxiety and, but not just those kinds of things, um, things that interest people too, and, and inspire people. And, and I always feel like sometimes when I listen to podcasts, I really want to talk about it more with other people mm-hmm. who have listened to the show and listened to the episodes. And, you know, as much as I'm like, Hey friend, other mom friend, here's this awesome podcast. I listen to, I really want to talk about, about it with someone. I get them all the time too, from friends. And I can only get to like mm, 30% of them. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I could connect with other moms and talk about them and be like, Oh my gosh, what did you think of this? Or what did you think of that? Or this was so relevant to me, or this was my aha moment or even just be inspired by other people's aha moments and their perspective, Mm. I think it would be really great. So the coffee club folks will get involved with that. And then for um, $10 a month to be part of the curiosity collective, you get to talk on those, all of those threads, but then you also have access to a really high value um, online class once a month. So you are kicking off uh, this and I am super stoked teaching us how to (laughs) elevate our everyday cooking. Mm. I can't begin to tell you the joy and peace that has come along with me learning from people like you and uh, these secrets and tips and like you presenting things like pad Thai and being like, you absolutely can make this. And I'm like, can I? And then I do. And then I'm like, yes. And then it just feels so good. It fuels me up. It's something that I'm interested in. And I feel like I've gathered enough hacks and things like that over the years to elevate my everyday cooking and to feel confident in the kitchen. And it just seems really relevant, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That we cook every day, but we don't always necessarily feel super confident in our skills that we're bringing to the table. Or if we don't feel confident and then we feel like the recipe is maybe, or our dish has fallen flat, then there's a sense of like, oh, shame, Mm -hmm. disappointment, all of these different emotions that we kind of naturally bring us moms and that are taught to us too. And if we can just find more ways to be confident in the kitchen, man, it'll, it'll change your days. It'll make that um, evening hour, not so dreadful and it will make your dishes definitely picture worthy. (laughs) That's what it's done for me. So I want to bring that to other people. And I'm just so honored that you are the person to do that. Um, I also want to have a class about things like thyroid health. Like how many people don't know about their thyroid, not medical advice, but just like, Hey, There's so many people who are like, what does the thyroid do? Like, why should we be concerned? What are some things, you know, what are some things we need to bring to the table when we're talking with our doctors or talking with our naturopaths or acupuncturists about hormones and specifically our thyroid? I mean, how powerful would that be for a group of women to come together and learn about the thyroid together? But because of the way it's set up, there will be a whole library of these. So even though the class is once a month, you'll have access to all of them as it goes along. So yeah. you'll get the cooking class, you'll get the, the thyroid class, you'll get the sex therapist class, the watercolor class, and just know that I don't know how to watercolor. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel good about that though. You know, old Lori Beth, like younger Lori Beth would have been like, I am way too embarrassed to host a watercolor class because everyone's going to see just how terrible I am at art. (laughs) But me now, mom, Lori Beth embracing the lifelong learning, who cares? Yeah. 
it's not going to be bad art. It's going to be me connecting with my sisters and learning a new skill together, which brings people closer, which fosters connection and learning and passion. And who knows, someone in that class might discover that they're actually brilliant at watercolor, mm-hmm. you know, and just, it'll be awesome. And so I just want that possibility to be there. And I want us to feel like we can learn together and to do that in a space um, that people are invested in. So that is part of um, the Patreon part of everything too, because people are like, oh, well, are you going to put the podcast over there? No, the podcast is going to remain free. And we're going to talk about a whole variety of topics. We're just going to dive into it deeper in a space that feels safe and not so yuck. Cause I think sometimes social media can, can feel kind of yuck, but the other part of being a patron is then you're invested in this community. Mm. And when you feel invested, um, you show up more and yeah. it, it just, it feels good. And you know, you're around other people who are also invested too. So it's not like the, the fickle moms group, you know, where it's like some people show up, some people don't sort of thing. It's like, we are showing up, you know, there's no pressure to show up obviously, but um, yeah, it's good. And then we'll have giveaways in there and all kinds of interesting things. Just any way that I can encourage more curiosity, more connection among moms, more learning together and embracing lifelong learning on a regular basis. It'll be like a standing date night, if you will, for moms. Oh my gosh. I am. I'm so excited. Not just because I'm going to be a part of it, but because I'm going to be a part of it. Like I am so excited to learn from all of the incredible people that you're going to have on. And I love that you're making it so accessible for moms, not just because unfortunately I don't live on the Island of Maui. Um, and so we can't just go into a watercolor class together, but I can, if I am sitting here in my living room and, you know, having a cup of coffee and feeling like I'm across from you trying out this watercolor. Maybe I'll post a picture of it. Maybe I'll get the courage to post a picture of it and share (laughs) with other people. I'm not sure. Also not an artist, Um, but you know what? It's still fun and it could still relieve some stress and it's still learning something new. And, and I love that the price point is something that's really accessible for moms too, as well. And I think that's really important because oftentimes we do think that gaining a hobby or learning something new might be cost prohibitive, but it doesn't have to be. And it mm-hmm. can be something. There's so many different options out there, um, like reading books and like joining something like the Curiosity Collective. Mm-hmm. And I really do appreciate curation, you know, a curated book list, a curated podcast, curated recipes, all of that. And I think that I feel like that's the gift that I can bring to people. Um, that I the way for me to serve people is to curate it as best I can, um, and really keep in mind that they are moms and that we do bring all this stuff to the table. But darn it, we're going to bring all this stuff to the table and we're going to do it anyway. We just are. And then honoring the limitation, the the certain limitations that come along with motherhood, like not being able to show up to live classes. I did a survey to see if people wanted it to be pre-recorded or live. One person said live. Every other mom <laughs> said, oh no, pre-record that stuff. <laughs> so it's just honoring where we are in our seasons mm-hmm. of motherhood. And I am so stoked and just so humbled. And I'm so, so, so grateful you're going to be a part of it too. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. So where can my listeners connect with you then? All of the work you do, the Elevating Motherhood podcast and the Curiosity Collective. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly at elevatingmotherhood.com. That's where the podcast is. Um, I'm 
also on a bunch of platforms. So anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, Elevating Motherhood is there. I'm also there. Instagram is my favorite social media. I am at Lori Beth Aldridge over there. And if you go to Patreon and search for Elevating Motherhood, you will find access to the classes in the Curiosity Collective. Awesome. Oh my gosh. This is so great. Thank you so much for being on Lori Beth. Now I know you were on before, but I still have my little rapid fire questions at the end. So I want to ask you again and see how your answers, I didn't even look up your answers from last time, but I want to see how your answers compare (laughs) to last time. (laughs) Are you up for it? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. So my first question is what have you been loving to cook? Lentils more than once this week. I realized when I cleaned my pantry um, that I had a lot of bags of lentils and I needed to do something with them. I even sent you a message and was like, what do you like yes, to do with lentils? I know and when you I missed like, it, I felt so bad. No, no, no. Cause I had more lentils. <laughs> I had like a prepper amount of lentils. <laughs> so I ended up um, making a lentil soup that was really good. And I got to share with my aunties. And then um, after I got your suggestion, I put more lentils in the Instapot and ended up adding the coconut milk and garam masala. Yes. Chris, my kids ate it. Really? Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. (laughs) It was such a win for my house. Let me tell you. So randomly lentils this week. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Oh, they're so good though. They're so versatile. I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what have you been loving to eat then? Oh boy. So I have been experimenting with eating before coffee Mm -hmm. because I am interested in what the metabolic people are saying about eating before coffee. And I've been watching some of the stories and, and kind of tapping into that a little bit. So I've been on a gluten-free oatmeal kick with butter in it first Mm -hmm. thing in the morning before my coffee. And yeah, I notice a huge difference. I'm not jittery. Um, I not moody Mm -hmm. if I eat before coffee. And so I tried it out for a week and now that's, that's my new thing. So that is a totally boring, not something that I ever thought I would say answer, but (laughs) gluten-free oatmeal (laughs) before coffee, (laughs) because I'm curious about the metabolic crowd and what it is they're saying, not necessarily buying into it, just trying out certain things on for size. And it has totally served me. Yeah. I love that. You see, it's, we can be curious in every area and we can try new things and we can keep what works and we can let go of what doesn't. Yeah. That is, that's a suggestion I've heard many times and I just love my coffee so much, Lori Beth. <laughs> I do too. I do too. So I changed my morning routine. It's wake up, um, take my thyroid stuff, mm-hmm. um, and supplements with water. So water first, technically. Mm-hmm. And then I turn the tea kettle on for the oats And then I get on the vibration plate Mm. and I stay on social media for the length of the time that I'm on the vibration plate. (laughs) So then I eat the oatmeal while I'm prepping my coffee because it's not very much oatmeal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then it feels like it's healthy, healthy, healthy circle. And I just kind of worked it in. So I didn't feel like, Oh shoot, when am I going to have my coffee? Oh no, it's right there. And it's right after the vibration plate. And I don't want to get on the vibration plate with coffee in my stomach. Mm-hmm. because that would seem yucky. to me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just want to sit down and enjoy my coffee. So it ha- I've worked it in and it does, it does work. And I, I was like you too. And I didn't think it would make a difference, but also literally zero pressure to try that out. If, if your coffee is not making you jittery and crazy, then by all means you do you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Well, I switched to half calf in the last year because it was making me jittery and crazy and because hormones. So, um, I'm already on half calf, but I, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all about learning, learning about our mm-hmm. bodies, learning what feels good. So I love that. That's I love awesome. that you're experimenting in that area. So what does balance look like for you in this season? Mm-hmm. It looks like me trying not to overreact to all the everyday life things that come up big or small. And it also looks like focusing on forgiveness. And I know these seem really big, but, um, they are the two themes that keep coming up over and over again for me lately. Um, for example, the flooding in the house <laughs> that happened the other day, I had lots of choices as to how to react to that. And I absolutely could dramatize it way, way, way more. But instead I was like, you know what? People could just pray for us <laughs> right now, but then also we can handle it. And we, we can, we have the resources, even if that just looks like, um, our having our what's about us to do internet searches for, Oh no, what do you do about the water and the carpet? Is there any salvaging it? So instead of me just saying, staying stuck in the whole, Oh my gosh, is there any way to salvage the plaster on the wall in the bathroom? Okay. I could stay there or I could be like water on plaster, what to do. And you wouldn't believe all the things that show up. So staying curious in those moments, um, small things that show up, you know, even my kids like showing me things and I'm like, Oh, interesting. Tell me more. You know, I don't have to go into this whole deep dive of why, you know, Ariel, uh, the mermaid is this and that and the other thing and blah, blah, blah. And what do you think about this? I'm like, well, just tell me more. That's all, you know, I don't have to overreact to all this stuff and be like, I don't want to hear about Ariel. You know, I can just say, tell me more. And then I can say, actually, I'm going to move on and do this. I love this. You want to write, write about Ariel. I can tell you how to spell her name, you know, Mm -hmm. and and we can just move on from there. It doesn't have to be like big overreactions. And then forgiveness has just been showing up over and over again for a variety of reasons. And balance for me always looks like not the same thing over and over. So not overreacting and forgiveness happens to be the main lessons that are slapping themselves right in front of my face over and over again. So balance is you know, paying attention to the repeated themes and what it is I'm supposed to be learning from them or what it is I'm supposed to be helping my children learn from them. And then just getting into a flow with those lessons and those mindsets and themes instead of trying to fight them. Oh my gosh. So good. What a great way to really bring things together and in being curious and being a lifelong learner as a mom and throughout every season of our lives. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. It is always so fun to talk to you. And I mean, this conversation was just even better than I could have, I could have expected. It's so great. (laughs) Oh, Chris, you're so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.